as we're just about to begin the Divine Liturgy, this is a good opportunity for part one of this teaching liturgy. We begin the Divine Liturgy with the invocation, Blessed is the kingdom of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever and to the ages of ages. Amen. And that tells us the purpose of the liturgy. That tells us the goal of the liturgy. That tells us where we're going in the liturgy. And that word liturgy, probably most of us remember from our Sunday school lessons, means the work of the people. But there's another element to that word liturgy. In the ancient world, a liturgy was something that was done by a wealthy person for the benefit of the whole population, like building a public bathhouse or building a park like Central Park in New York. And so a liturgy is not just a work of the people, and it is indeed a work of the people because God invites us into his work. It's also a work for the people. It is the divine liturgy for us. And so there's always an element of us receiving from God what he has for us. So as we begin the liturgy, we have the kingdom of God in mind. And what do we know about the kingdom of God? We know so many things about the kingdom of God from Scripture. But we also begin the divine liturgy by making the sign of the cross. The priest makes the sign of the cross over the andimension on the altar, and all of us who are beginning the liturgy make the sign of the cross. We make the sign of the cross when we're invoking God because the cross is what defines a true king. A true king gives his life for his people. A true king is willing to sacrifice for the people that he serves. And then we're going to continue with petitions for peace, which is necessary for us to, to go to the place that we want to go, which is, again, ultimately, the kingdom of God, which is ultimately the presence of Christ. So we just heard the readings, which is the sort of pinnacle of the first part of the liturgy. It's often not just called the synaxis or the gathering, but the liturgy of the word, or sometimes called the liturgy of the catechumens, the people who are not yet Orthodox Christians, but preparing to become Orthodox Christians, people who are learning about the faith. So it's called the liturgy of the word, the liturgy of the catechumens, or the synaxis, and this is the end or the culmination of the first part of the liturgy. And what happens now is a part of the liturgy that we typically don't do today but is in our books, now we pray for those catechumens. We pray for the people who are preparing to become Orthodox who are learning the faith. So we'd say prayers for them, and then we dismiss them. We dismiss them so that they are basically instructed to, to leave the church because the rest of the service after this is the liturgy of the faithful. And it culminates in Holy Communion. And Holy Communion is only for faithful Orthodox Christians, people who have joined the church, who have become part of the church. And so this is a turning point in the liturgy. But I want to say a few words about petitions. Because it's easy sometimes to come to church, especially to an Orthodox church, and just be a little bit more passive than we're supposed to be. Worship, as you can see, is a dialogue. When I say, in peace, let us pray to the Lord, I'm not addressing God. I'm addressing you. I'm addressing the petitions to you. And when you say, Lord, have mercy, you're sending it up to God. You're addressing him. Lord, have mercy. And I say, let us pray to the Lord. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. So I am throwing the petition out to you, and you are sending it up to God. 
You can't do that if you're not participating. The choir or the chanter is not meant to replace you. It's meant to lead you. So, how do I do this? Father Paul, what if I can't sing? It's okay if you can't sing. You can just say very quietly, Lord, have mercy, while the choir is singing. I promise you, if you're, if you're saying that quietly or whispering it, you're not going to distract anybody. I promise you. And you're participating with your heart. Okay, that's really important. It's the same with the Amen. Those are very short prayers. Lord, have mercy. Grant this, O Lord. Amen. All of us can do. All of us can participate, even if we can't sing. And if you can sing, then slowly, slowly, I want you to try to learn the hymns so you can sing softly underneath the choir. You don't want to sing louder than the choir. They're leading you. But you can sing along softly underneath them. Or you can even join them. And after practice, maybe you can sing a little bit louder and lead the rest of us. You know what it's like when you step into the football stadium and everyone's cheering. You know, that kind of energy that it has. What it's like if we go to a professional baseball game or professional football game and everyone's cheering. There's an energy there. On a spiritual level, we want the same energy here. And that comes when we participate. That's just a little bit about petitions, which is another reason that we come together to worship God. We gather to hear the Word of God and to ask for His help. Not just for the catechumens, but for ourselves, for all of us. So that's a big part of what we're doing here in the Divine Liturgy. Let's continue with the Liturgy of the Faithful. But we're coming to the most ancient part of the Liturgy, the Holy Anaphora. The word Anaphora means to offer up. One of the things that we do when we gather for the Liturgy, just to recap, we gather to hear the Word of God, to ask for His help, to offer His gifts, because everything belongs to Him, and He's already made the offering. So to offer His gifts, we also come to remember His sacrifice. And you're going to hear a lot of remembrance that we do in just a minute as we continue with the Holy Anaphora and the Liturgy and the Great Eucharistic Prayer. And we also come to give thanks. So we do all of this in the Divine Liturgy. We gather to hear God's Word, to ask for His help, to offer His gifts, to remember His sacrifice, to thank Him for everything, and to receive Him into our very bodies. That's what the Divine Liturgy is all about. But a word about remembrance, because we're going to do a lot of remembrance here in just a second. I've mentioned before that at the memorial service when we sing Eonia Inimni, Memory Eternal, that we're not talking about our own memory. We're talking about the memory of God. And we're praying that our departed will be remembered by God. Because to be remembered by God is to have life. When we forget about God, we're in bad shape. When we forget about God, we die. St. Gregory the theologian said, it is more important to remember God than it is to breathe. That's how important it is to remember God. So, as we continue with the holy offering up and the remembrance of Christ's sacrifice for us, I hope that he will give us the grace to focus on what we're saying, the words that we're saying, so he can fill our hearts with gratitude for all that he has done for us. I hope that you notice we're offering these gifts on behalf of everyone who ever lived. So for people who have passed away, for people who are not here, 
for people near and far, past and present. We're offering this for the, for the entire world, right here. And we're, so we're connected to the entire world. So we're offering this for St. John, for the Theotokos about whom we just sang, for the saints of the day, for all who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection of life eternal. So all your parents and grandparents, we're offering this on behalf of all the bishops, the priests, the deacons. We offer you the spiritual worship for the whole world. For the entire church, we're making this offering on their behalf. For those living pure and reverent lives, for civil authorities, for the military who may not be able to be here because they're out protecting us, for people who are governing us, for everyone, we're making this offering on behalf of everyone who is a believer and part of the church.